Blog Talk Radio. Do you know what I absolutely love about modern technology? That it takes forever. Not listen to me. <laughs> Hello, folks. Um, I realize that you all think that I probably died this last week, which uh, fortunately for me, I did not. Here I am. Thank you. Um, we are so excited to be hosting Jane Kramer on the show today. Uh, my apologies, of course, to my listening audience, as well as, as I've mentioned to Jane more than once and Olivia, that uh, clearly... And unfortunately, um, we had some issues with my children. If you are uh, Facebook friends with me, you already know, of course, that my poor, beautiful babies, both of them are suffering from fevers the minute they got home after the weekend. And it was just awful. I felt terrible. And it just literally, I was full-time mommy for two days straight. Fortunately for me, it is now Friday, and God willing, they'll come home, and they'll be very healthy, happy individuals, we hope. So my apologies once again to uh, to Jane and to Olivia for having to reschedule the show. But here we are now, and I'm very, very excited about it. Um, it's going to be a terrific show. She is not only a musician, but she is a teacher. She's a songwriter. She's a top player. She's about a million different things. And let me just tell you, the chick has got herself some really kick-ass art on her body, and I'm so going to talk to her about that one as well. Um, super, super excited about that. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting show. Just so you folks know, as far as next week goes, and I will be posting this hopefully later today or over the weekend, we have a really super packed weekend. To those of you that might be following or listening or know my history, Kerwin's comic book is finally going to be seeing the light of day, which means that uh, one of the big next steps that we have to do here is to get to Madison, Wisconsin, which we're going to be doing tomorrow. And we're meeting with Clarkster Comics, um, who uh, are basically asking us repeatedly if we want to go ahead and participate in um, signing with them and potentially have having a run with them and having them promote the comic book. I'm so excited. We have seven comic book stores that are going to be taking the uh, the comic in, not to mention the fact, of course, that it's going to be in at least one local library, and we're working on all the rest of Wisconsin right now. So I'm just – I'm so proud and so excited. Um, I, I just – I am. I'm so proud of him. Words can't even begin to describe it. So obviously it's going to book up half of our weekend. So just so you folks know, Monday, Joel Goldies is going to be – I believe it's Goldie's is going to be on the show. We're going to be talking to him. Um, he's an actual dialect coach. So forgive me because this is the very first time I've ever had dialect coach. And I'm so excited because he's worked on some of my favorite shows. So totally, totally excited about picking his brain on Monday. I'm going to take off on Tuesday because it's the end of the month and because I can and it's Mardi Gras and what the heck. Um, I'm just kidding. Then Wednesday and Thursday I'll be back on air. And then Friday, of course, I'll be uh, – in town in New York City for the weekend. Don't tell anybody. Just kidding. Oh, and it looks like Jane is on the line for us. Um, so just so you guys know, um, I unfortunately was in such a mad rush today that I'm literally doing the show not from my home base, but literally from the beautiful, what is this, Steamer's Coffee Shop or whatever this coffee shop is in town. So forgive me if we have a little bit of extra noise, but I'm sure Jane and I will um, literally entertain you to the point where you won't be paying attention. So without further ado, let's get around the line. Is this Jane Kramer? Hello, this sure is. How are you? Have, you? have you been listening to me babble on and on and on? Because I have been babbling for like five minutes about my life and my kids. No, and, you know, the I things love that it. I do. And I, love, I love it. Well, you're probably getting a sense <laughs> of me after the whole me. week. Well, yeah, you know, you become Facebook <laughs> friends with me, so it takes a week or two. You follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you start figuring out who I am real quick. I got a big mouth with a big attitude, and, and I'm very, I can be very sweet when I want to be. So it's Friday, and I'm <laughs> tired, so I'll be nice. And I. Yes, and I think I'm hungover, so I haven't figured out if I'm hungover or not yet. I had a little too much wine last night, and so I'm like, yeah, am I feeling it or not feeling it? So we'll find out. So there's a lot to talk about. Holy holy hell, are you impressive. That's all I'm going to say. By the end of this, just wait, and you're you're probably going to cry again, because I'm going to tell you right now, because she's (laughs) she's already been crying. She ain't even on the show yet, so I'm sure she's going to cry some more. Um, So... 
the way we do my interviews, at least because I'm the boss and I can do this, we kind of jump around a little bit and talk about different things. It's very important for me that the, the, the entire audience gets a sense of who you are as a person and who you are as a professional. But let's get to the topic right off at hand. You got to talk to me about that art. All that body stuff you got going on, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm scared shitless to get my first tattoo. She got like 27. Okay, because that ain't right. I mean, it's totally right, but I mean, I'm like, why does she have 27 and I have not? Much to my father's chagrin, I do. Um, You know, I started early, Cindy. I just, I've always been um, such a fan of adornment, and I just love things that are pretty. And I was like, oh wait, I can, I can decorate my skin. So I started really early. Gosh, I must have been 15 or 16, and I gave myself a tattoo. Um, a oh, butterfly my God. My <laughs> I know. Oh, my, my God. My We're not going to do that at home, folks. And, not doing it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Folks. Don't try Don't to listen to her. Kids. Don't. <laughs> Don't. Okay, but that's so wrong, but okay. That, yes, I quickly learned that maybe that's best left to the professionals. And uh, and so, you know, through the years of my life, that's been, what, 20, 20 plus years now, I've just been um, collecting meaningful tattoos that sort of landmark um, you know, different important parts of my life or things I want to remind myself of. Or, um, for instance, I have um, Harlan Howard, who is a wonderful sort of father of country music. I have his quote, three chords and the truth, tattooed on my forearm right near said butterfly. Oh, my God. <laughs> to remind me that, uh, that that's really all, all we need to, to create beautiful art or make a beautiful song. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. Three chords and the truth, y'all. So, oh, my yeah, God, listen I to that. That is too cool. <laughs> I like that. I totally like that. That's Thank a really, you. you know, and the and what people don't seem to understand is because I have tons of friends who uh, have tattoos or in the biker community in particular, and they always assume mm-hmm. that a person with a tattoo, you know, they tend to shy away from that. And I've come to embrace that in my older hippie. Yes, that's right. I found my hippie at 40. So I've come to embrace <laughs> yeah. the fact that I need to get me some body art, preferably one on my ass. I'm thinking probably my ex's picture. Yeah. I did not just say that. Actually, yes, yeah. I did. Maybe I will do that. Because you're like, you know what, you need to kiss my ass for an entire lifetime. I know that's probably poor fashion to say, but it's my show. Just don't use the F word because people get a little, oh, we probably shouldn't say that. Like, they'd never say that. But anyway, so my big question totally. to you is because I'm I'm going to have to bite the bullet, and I'm either going to have to do one of three things. I'm going to Vegas next month so I could just get it done with my sister who's there, or I yes. could, you know, my second home is New York City, so I could find somewhere in New York City and get it done. I'm just a little concerned about, okay, so help me understand this. I, I can't be drunk. And that's a problem. Um, I can't be under the influence. That's a problem. So what does the girl do? Just wondering. Well, um, you didn't Petrified. necessarily hear this from me, but. Um, oh, my God. Disclaimer again, kids. Maybe like, I know, like a, maybe a cocktail and a half. You told us. They don't want you to be slobbery drunk so that you're going to, A, regret it and like try to sue them, or B, um, as we may know, alcohol sends our blood, so they don't want you bleeding no. all over the place because you will of bleed course. more if you're wasted. However, sure. um, this girl has definitely had two glasses of wine and then had a great tattoo experience. So, oh, really now? Permission if you want. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Disclaimer again on the show. T- number two. First she's talking about doing it at home. Now she's talking about drinking to get it done. <gasps> oh, my God. I have to get drunk with you. You're my kind of girl. Okay, so yes. that was the tattoo part. So we're going we're gonna to flip sides a little bit. And one of the things that I found that you had said that was so very interesting, and I want you to talk about this. It's a very simple quote, and it goes, Asheville is my dirt. So talk to us a little bit about what um, Asheville means to you and, and what you mean by that in particular. Um, 
Absolutely. I love that question. Thank you. Um, so I, you know, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia um, and had a, you know, a relatively uh, rocky childhood just in terms of um, not sort of feeling like I fit in in the demographic that I was a part of and, um, you know, always had this artistic, nerdy part of myself that was not so well received in public school. And um, fortunately, my mom uh, saw that and nurtured it and uh, put me in a Waldorf school. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they're mm-hmm. a wonderful um, chain of, of private schools sort of based on the thought of this really cool European fellow named Rudolf Steiner, and they're all over the mm-hmm. world. But anyway, it, was an, it sort of nurtured the artistic part of me. And um, so when it came time to go to college, I only applied to one college, um, and it was Warren Wilson College in Asheville, North Carolina, and I loved that it had you know, a communal vibe. It was a small liberal arts school. Um, It was big on, you know, social activism and doing things Mm -hmm. to help environmental change and had a big service component. And I was like, oh, I can go there and be a complete, you know, freak and be myself. So the second I set foot, (laughs) and I remember I had bright pink hair when my mom took me to visit the school and she was like, oh my God, Jane, why did you do this? And I was like, yeah, trust me, I'm going to be well received here. These are my people. Trust me, mom. And then we get there and she was like, oh yeah, these are your people. (laughs) Oh my God. You're not the only person with pink hair and, you know, strange, um, oversized men, shelf pants. Okay, good. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I um, just from the second I set foot in Asheville from that very first time I visited um, and certainly all through my college years it was just you know not only I don't know if you've been to Asheville but not only is it just gorgeous you know the the Blue Ridge Mountains are breathtaking and there's such mm-hmm. a rich culture you know there's such a wonderful history here um, and Appalachian culture is is so unique and from where I grew up in the Northeast um, and it just really, you know, how some um, some places and some cultural things, even if they're not what our heritage is, you know, resonate with us even more than, you know, what's in our blood or, or how we grew right. up. So for me, sure. that was Asheville, just the land itself, the beautiful mountains, and then the, the song and culture of the mountains um, really called to me. And so that's sort of where, you know, I had been writing songs. Um, and playing and, and writing poetry before I came to school, but I was a kid, you know, I was, right. I came right. here when I was 19. Um, so in many ways, I just, I, in all ways, I guess I really credit Asheville for raising me as, as a musician and a full Aww. human. I feel like that's, that's where I grew into myself and, and what shaped me. Um, so, yeah. I totally get that. I, I do. Get- I have that same sort of <laughs> symmetry when it comes to New York City. I know not everybody. I mean, mm. people are like, oh, my God, how could you like it there? And I'm like, what do you not like? But it took me a long time. <laughs> and, and part of my heart is every time I'm there, I'm like, oh, I write better and I this better and I that better. And I'm so excited that in yeah. seven years, my life will end up there. You know, I will actually physically be there. And I get to do all those fun and exciting and really cool little things that writers want to do. And I can do like, uh, well, I'd like to do an interview from Times Square. I think that would be really neat amongst other things. Oh my you know, gosh, very yeah. big. And, well, yeah, I like to, I like to do multiple mediums. I like to put together musicians with filmmakers and I like to kind of mash all you people together. You're all kind of little creative people. We're all little Absolutely. creative people. That was well put. <laughs> we you are know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> well, right. And, and I like my, I like my creative chameleons, meaning you're you're a person who's a multitasker. So obviously you're not just a singer, you're not just a songwriter, you're not just a guitar player. And so I always love to have those creative chameleons on my show because it's always mm. interesting to be able to talk about those different facets all the time. 
So we're going to switch gears a little bit, um, and I'm still going to put you on the spot right now because I know you can handle it. Um, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure at last count there was at least 10 men that are checking out my Synth Chat Corner page, and I'm like, dude, find out if she's single, hot, tattoos, (laughs) awkward, but the hot, because I don't go that way. Sorry. Um, But I'm like, all right. I was going to bust you out anyways because we talk about love life on the show all the time because I bitch about mine constantly. So... Just to confirm, is Jane Kramer in a relationship? Jane Kramer is. Jane Kramer is. um, That's so funny talking about myself. It's that guy on her Facebook page. That's sweetheart. I just got engaged, um, actually, uh, right over New Year's. Uh, Oh, um, my God. She's holding out on a girl. Holding out on a girl. (laughs) Never knew that. She doesn't tell me things like that, folks. I'm not going to lie. She didn't say one word. Not one word was mentioned. Not even on her Facebook page that I can recall. Well, maybe I didn't go down far enough this week. But I think you didn't go down far enough. (laughs) I know I didn't. Okay, back off. I had two sick kids for two days. Okay? I was mom. And I'm lucky I'm not dead right now. But okay, not that you care, but fine. We'll talk about your love life. No, but seriously. (laughs) I am a huge believer in the fact that one of the best parts of being in a relationship or how one compliments another and how he makes you a better person, both professionally and personally. So if you would, please talk about how he enhances you. And then second of all, talk to me a little bit about, is he a creative chameleon himself? Because we don't know a lot about the secret guy you don't talk about. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. (laughs) that you say it's secret um absolutely well, and i'm you have such good questions that's wonderful um thank yeah. you so i do my, my job sweetheart, you know a little bit i use you sure do yeah. i love it i'm very impressed um it's a pleasure to talk to you so thank you yeah, i mean just like many of us my you know i'm i am by no means old but i'm you know i'm not in my 20s i'm i'm 37 so I feel like <gasps> I've done a little living and I've done a little loving. She said and, her age. Um, wow. <laughs> I did. I'm totally up front Dang with that. Girl. I feel like, yeah. Dang. Yeah. I'm out and proud. Wow. No problem. Wow. Um, but she's not really out because she's like, not gay, but it's okay, folks. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. That's your sweetheart. Um, mm-hmm. So my sweetheart is, is um, named Jason, and he has a wonderful – he's a journalist um, and a writer. <gasps> so We like uh, him. I love – Yes, we, we love like him, him, and I love um, that creative component of him. And, you know, in his journey, in his professional journey, I feel like we relate in many ways. Um, he is a little older than I. He's 51, which mm. is so amazing. Oh. I can't believe I just, oh. I just you know, <gasps> recently oh, discovered in my life he's a cougar. how, mm-hmm. yes, how amazing older men are, or at least this older man. He's really oh, got it going on because he knows himself. Going 50 shades you know? here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. I know what you're talking about. No, I do. Um, I think with age comes a sense of wisdom. It comes a sense of maturity and responsibility. So I totally get where you're coming from. Does he sing or does he play? um, Well, he doesn't play. Um, He would hate it if I um, admitted that he sings, but he actually sings beautifully. Um, And we (gasps) get down to some like old country radio and I'm trying to get him for our wedding to sing a little duet ski with me a little duet so I hope I can make that happen because he sings beautifully although he would never he would never admit it um but he's um he's someone that had sort of been a peripheral acquaintance in my life for for a handful of years um while I was living in Asheville, I was in a band before I went solo called the Barrel House Mamas. And, um, you know, he used to, because he's a journalist, he used to report on us and interview us. And 
when I released my uh, my first solo album, Break and Bloom, which was while I was living in Portland, Oregon, but I came back to Asheville to release it because I miss Asheville. And um, we, I, I sought him out because, um, as I was starting to say, I think earlier, his website is called ashvegas.com, which is this amazing sort of people's news and entertainment website of Asheville. So he worked for um, uh, the Citizen Times, which is a big corporate newspaper for many, many years, and then was laid off a few years ago, which was really difficult for him. But he was able to make AshVegas.com, which is like his own um, reporting without a corporate filter of what's really happening in Asheville and what people really want to know and care about. Um, He was able to make that his full-time living, which I think is so awesome and so um, oh, yes. just admirable. So so he oh, also has that sort of rebel spirit and that, you know, knows how it feels to kind of get knocked down and uh, and dust yourself back off. And um, so he interviewed me a few years ago. This was back in like 2013 um, for my the release of my first solo album. And I remember sitting across from him in the coffee shop and being like, <laughs> this guy is sweet and like why am I just like spilling my guts to him like I'm telling I'm just so, so comfortable telling him anything and um Aww. it was very sweet so um you know but Aww. I went back to Portland and uh and back to my miserable relationship that I was in for several oh, years oh and then gosh. when I became single a few years ago and I moved back to Asheville I immediately looked him up and was just very forward and was like, can we go on, you know, can we go on a date? Can we meet up? And he knew I was, he knew I was vibing him and, uh, and it just, we just hit it off and we've been, we've been pretty inseparable ever since. And um, yeah, so that's so sweet. He carries my guitar to all my gigs. He, um, because he's in, you know, he's very ensconced in the, um, social media world and you know the press and publicity world he's helped me immensely I'm sure his readers are oh, sick to death of hearing about Jane Kramer because she's my number one fan <laughs> oh well he should um, be your number one so, fan duh yeah. obviously and it's Aww. so good and for me this is the first time I've had um, a, a partnership or a romantic relationship that fully supports sure. me as an artist and um, so I'm growing in ways I couldn't have imagined. So it's really, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you for asking. That is that's completely <laughs> awesome. My goodness gracious, look at that. Well, kudos to your sweetheart. Now, here's a good question, because apparently word on yes. the street is, I love to use that word, word on the street, word on my street, because I dug into you, is <laughs> that apparently, I'm going to guess, he gets to be called honey. And apparently, you you have a habit of calling people honey, is that right? Because I haven't been called honey yet. I'm I'm not complaining or anything but yeah i thought that was so cute i'm like she tells she calls people honey i'm like oh my gosh that's so southernish you know what i'm talking about like those little names like i call people doll i i I do it i'm sure you saw it in my messages i call people doll all the time even when i first meet them i'm like you know it's just a it's an endearing term and i just thought that was absolutely so cool i'm like oh my god she totally calls people honey she has tattoos which is totally cool and hello maybe you can help a girl out here I am sitting at home the other night, and my kids are sick as a dog. I put them to bed because I'm thinking oh. they're going to go to school the next day. And I decided to take the plunge. And what did I put in? One of Jane Kramer's favorites, apparently, Weeds, W-E-E-D-S, because I'm always <laughs> looking for the next interview, right? I'm like, who can I interview this week? Oh, let's watch Weeds and see. Oh, my God. I'm into, like, the first season. I'm it? into, like, the fifth episode. And I'm like, she said the C word, How which kind of shocked me. 
Oh, totally. Okay, um, and is not, I interview is people for a living. Parker not the hottest? Oh my God! No one really love. I love Elizabeth. um, It's Elizabeth Perkins, right? The the snooty mom whose husband is screwing around or whatever. I love her. I love her. I love her attitude. (laughs) I love her spunk, and I'm like, I can so see already this chick bonding thing. Don't tell me. But what I thought even funnier, folks, was if you follow me, who was on my wall two days ago and me saying, I got to get that guy on my show. No other than Dog the Bounty Hunter. Apparently, Jane Kramer's fan of Dog the Bounty Hunter. So. He was on my wall the other night, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if Jane Kramer noticed I had Dog's Bounty Hunter on that one. Hmm, interesting. And just so you guys know, she's also a fan of Departed and Fried Green Tomatoes, I see. What I find funny about the Fried Green Tomatoes is I can totally see Jane Kramer at, like, 60 being a Fried Green Tomatoes person with her best friend and shooting someone with a big-ass gun. That's probably wrong. I totally it? would. That's such a big compliment. <laughs> well, why lie about it? Let's get real. Hat. Absolutely. Right? See, I'm more the Harley Quinn <laughs> myself. Not really with the bad, but other things. I have to kind of go Harley Quinn on people sometimes. So I'm like, yeah, Harley Quinn's like my chick. I don't think she has a body and I'm fat. It. But that's okay. I can I can understand that. Oh, please. So, you, I, since we're, <laughs> we're on the – yeah, she says that. You know why, folks? She's on my show. What is she going to say? Hey, Hoopty, let's I have talk a minute. I don't think so. you, and you are beautiful. So. Oh, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Thank you. That's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. Now, since we're on the personal side of things, we're going to ask her a couple more questions. Okay. If I didn't like her enough before she came on the show, I was actually excited. And I'm always excited every time someone comes on my show, but I'm excited. Do you know why? Because I could live with you for a month and do everything on this checklist. Oh. I would watch Weeds and Dogs Bounty Hunter. I totally would rewatch Fried Green Tomatoes without a doubt. I definitely get into the tattoo thing. We can go to the parlor. I could probably convert and start calling people honey, but get this, folks. She loves whiskey. Hello, a good oh, dive yeah. bar. How oh, many yeah. times have I been there? Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. And she knows how to make food booze. Okay, so spill it. Bourbon pecan pie. I want to know. I'm like, dude, she uses booze and makes food. Thank you for reminding me about that. Duh. It's on your page. Oh, good. I know. How do we make that? I remember I made it for, um, it's so easy. And you know what? Like, I wish I could take credit for coming up with it. But um, Ah. some, like, brilliant southern woman years, years ahead of me did. So it's a pretty common recipe. But, man, it's good. But really, it's just like, you know, like corn syrup, all the good things for you, butter, <laughs> shortening. Everything's pecan. not bad name. I get it. Right. Not, no, I totally, that, yes. I totally get it. That's cool, though. Um, I mean, I then, think it's really yeah, neat that people do that with booze. Well, did I accent oh, booze yeah. probably a little too much. But why it's, bourbon? I, I guess I was just curious. Did you, did you pick bourbon? Because you're a whiskey drinker. So I thought, why isn't she making whiskey pie? that sound weird probably i know i use the terms interchangeably i like to sing a lot about whiskey because i feel like it sounds cooler than bourbon or maybe there's more things (laughs) to rhyme with it (laughs) Ah. Um, but i i don't discriminate i like both and yes i do know the difference um because somebody once challenged me and i was like yes i know the difference (gasps) between whiskey and bourbon thank you very much but oh my god um, but I, I I love both, um, and yes, bourbon is beautiful. But I feel like bourbon, you know, maybe a little more refined. So in a in a good southern pecan pie, um, but it is delicious, and I highly recommend it. And I can send you the recipe; it's very easy. Oh my God! Listen to this, and I'm still gonna put that up, folks. I just always think it's really cool because a lot of times, like I make homemade Oreo truffles. I actually sell them, and I make Ooh. them, and right. 
They're Oreo-based, and I'm not going to give you the rest because I can't. I'd have to kill you. But the bottom line is, <laughs> I just stick some wine in those suckers. I, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. they're so, so addicting. It's thickening. I can't even tell you. So whenever somebody it does, like, a cute little like, item like that, and they put booze in it, I'm like, I'm totally all over that. Not that we're into booze or oh, anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? You all, you all follow me, so you already know. Um, so I want to talk about that, obviously. Now, here's another fun fact. Take a guess, folks, what the name of her cat is. Yeah, that's right, Kramer. Here's what I want to complain about that one. Quote, he's the first creature to hear all of her songs. Not a human. It's a creature. <laughs> Apparently, she didn't feel it necessary to share her music with the rest of the human world, except Kramer apparently is important. So, of course, we want to talk about the kitty cat. I think that's totally cool, and I've seen the cat before, mind you, folks. Adorable. I have a cat of my own because I have no time or maintenance or patience for dogs. So... <laughs> Kramer, I, this is what I want to know, because I have a cat, too, and the minute I turn on the TV, she runs like a bat out of hell. So here I am thinking, I'm picturing this chick with a guitar singing, and I'm like, what? How does this cat not run to the hills the minute she starts playing? Help me out here. Are you okay? Um, so her, oh, okay, no, I'm checking. laughing because you, yes, I'm great. So you, um, okay. her name is actually sometimes Kramer. Kramer is her last oh. name, but she has a first oh, name. It's, and Darn it. I, no, it's quite all right. I got it it's wrong. It's quite all right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to hold it against you that you got my name wrong. Might be a point penalty wrong. there. Um, I get everything right no, all the time. No, oh, I no. Your research uh, is so amazing is that I'm. Don't worry, it gets no, better. No, I am. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, her, her name is. Okay. Her name. She has many different names, so that's probably um, wherein the confusion lies. But her name is sometimes. Okay. Um, and she, I got her from when she was a very tiny kitten. Um, and so I was going through a big breakup at the time that I got her. And so I played a lot of guitar and wrote a lot of sad songs. And she was so tiny and so sweet that she loved to curl up on my lap behind, like in between the back of the guitar and my lap. And it was so sweet. So she, I think she liked the vibrations. And now she's really, really grown into kind of a, yeah. She's grown into kind of a sassy lady, uh, and she's not always the sweetest, but uh, she can oh, be, boy. which is hence the name sometimes. Um, sure. And but she still loves my music. The only thing she really doesn't like is my harmonica playing. When I when I get out the harmonica, she does what sure. your cat does when it hears the TV. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> uh, she's like, see she ya. Does, yes, and I have a sweet. I'm a huge dog person too, and I have a sweet. My Jason has a sweet dog named Sammy, who's now my um, stepchild dog. And uh, Sammy loves the music, too. And whenever I'm playing, she'll just come, like, lay Aww. on the ground right in front of me. I think I think the animals like it, which is a big compliment. That's a huge compliment. Yeah. That's way awesome. Yeah. Now, um, fun fact and surprise number one, because you've never been on my show, and Olivia Howell, who is the person who joined mm-hmm. us together, who we'll speak about more than once today, um, was unaware of the fact, because I don't think she's heard my show yet, that surprises occur on the show. That's all part of the fun oh. here, is that I get to offer things to you because I just can. Because I'm the boss and I can, and no one tells me that I can. That's I like right. that. I love always saying that. My show, my rules, I get to do that. So yes. I note that you are a, an ironic fan of Loretta Lynn, considering I just bought and watched The Coal Miner's Daughter the other night. She's also a uh, fan of Joni Mitchell, which I always admire people that admire Joni Mitchell. What I find interesting is I sneaked, creeped, found out that you're a fan of Tom Waits. So you know what I did? Oh, yeah. I went what? to his website, and I said, I know somebody's a big fan, and I have put in a formal request to interview him. So when I do, I was wondering, <laughs> hmm, 
<clears throat> I wonder if Jane Kramer would want to freeze some time up, be a co-host on the show for that one. I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, shit, did wait, she die? I'm just choking on my tongue. Yes, please, Oh, my God. Seth. Great, now I'm, she's I'm, dying. <laughs> I brought her on the show I'm and she's dead. Dying. Olivia, I'm sorry you'll never work with me again because I killed your client. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you... Not really. It was the funniest thing. I went on this podcast and then I just died. No, I mm-hmm. would be so honored and, oh, my yes. gosh, I hope that he gets back. I hope his people get I know, back right? to you. Well, you know, oh, publicists I, uh, and oh no diss, but sometimes publicists are so busy, and especially because it's him, you know what I mean? Because I'm a fan, too. I'm not going to lie. That's one of the reasons I asked this, because I am a fan. So I'm just curious to to check notes here. So what is it about him? I'm guessing it's the voice, because that's usually what gets everybody. But is there something beyond mm. that that really strikes with you that says, hey, you know what, this Tom Waits guy is phenomenal? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, certainly his voice. But for me, I think, um, let's see, the first the first album of her his I ever heard was his album Mule Variations. Um, so okay. it wasn't, you know, one of his earliest ones. I kind of discovered that one and then went back in time. And now, of course, I know sure. all of the albums. But um, honestly, it's his writing. I think that he is a brilliant, honest, right. edgy lyricist and um and I love the juxtaposition of his really gritty, gravelly voice um, with right. some, he has some beautiful melodies. He's actually he's very musical. You know, people may listen to the grit of his voice or his you think he's yelling and sort of dismiss him. Um, but he is, right. you know, I think he's I think his musicality is beautiful and his albums are always so, you know, incredibly produced and I love right. his lyrics. I think he's just a brilliant songwriter. Um, I agree. So I do. I agree. And ironically, I, yeah. I know someone in Milwaukee that looks like him, sounds like him really? too. It's creepy. I'm like, Oh my Weird. God, can you imagine leaning over and, and like, Oh my God, look at this. <laughs> That's, it's it's a freak out, you know what I'm talking about? Because I'm like, oh my god, he totally looks and sounds like him. And he takes that as a compliment all the time. But you know, his sounds a little bit different. His music is a little bit different. But I'm like, how cool is that? Right. Yeah, I thought I would so surprise cool. my guest a little bit and oh be like, hey, god. isn't it fun to have surprises on a Friday? Um, that's an amazing surprise. So don't worry, it gets better. You call so me. Just don't have a heart attack. You call me, please. That. I'll try not to. I'll try not to. Okay. Um, okay. That's amazing. Ooh. How cool. Well, I mean, it's he doesn't nice even to know. That. I cover so many of his songs. I even once played like a See? Tom Waits. And Thank I played you. a bunch Just of his songs. Just call me celebrity matchmaker. That's all I'm going to say about that. that one. And no, she's not dropping her fiance to the best of my knowledge. I don't even know if he's married because I don't know if anyone <laughs> could marry that fool. I'm telling you, I, I love him. He's creative, but he scares me. I'm like, I don't even think a person could live with this guy, right? That's what I'm saying. But I, since I've played right, Celebrity yeah. Matchmaker, we've now reached the point in the show where this is the most important question I'm going to ask you. I would really advise that you not get this wrong. I'm going to tell you this right now. Mm. I tell this. I have been saying this question for months now. I tell every. I warn okay. everyone. This is the question. Okay. Do not want to get this wrong. Don't want to do it. Okay, we're walking in oh, positive. Mm. Okay, so. You haven't known me long enough, but anybody who's followed me long enough knows that I've been on this journey for, God, we're getting close to almost a year and a half. I have, besides Jane Kramer, five people in the world on my list of, uh, before I die, I'm interviewing these people. I don't care what I got to do. It's going to happen. Here's one of them, but I'm not, you know, we're working on that. That's a, that's an all year round project (laughs) for me. So there's this actor that I, that I've wanted to interview and I've tried everything besides giving up my leg. To get this person. So I know when I ask Jane Kramer, she's going to say the words, 
I have a cell phone number, and I'm going to hook you up. Here we go. Big one. So this guy that I want to interview is an actor. Have you ever heard of yeah. Michael Ma- Michael Madsen? Have you heard of him before? Reservoir Dogs, Selma and Louise, Free Willy. Yes. Michael Madsen. Yes. Okay. So I know you're going to say, oh, of course I have a cell phone number, Cindy. I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to get that interview. Here it go. And that would be a – here it comes. Really hoping you <gasps> Shit. And that answer would be a big, fat – Oh. Yes. <gasps> really? I think you're lying. I think survey says eh, she's got no cell phone number for him, does she? Nope. <laughs> yeah. I wanted you to know what it is? It's like a bad her. date gone wrong oh. every day of the week, people. Every time. <laughs> Actually, it's really the running joke. Try like maybe we need to get more creative here, Cindy. Maybe if we can't get a cell phone number for him, maybe we need to consider like skywriting, or um, like you could Uh, like get a famous like getting arrested for that or anything, right? Stalker alert. Hello, I'm under radar for a reason. Okay, don't you know? I don't have a shrine. There's no photos that anyone can see. Well, not really. I'm not. No, you know what kills me? Okay. Yeah. Here's what kills me about this, okay? I know lots of industry people. I know people who've worked with him, who've acted with him. Mm-hmm. I've talked, and I talked to his publicist, and here's what happens. It gets me excited, right? And then he'll, he'll show mm-hmm. interest, and then nothing will happen for two months, and then you won't hear anything, right? So I think, and here's the problem. I'm just growing impatient. There are a couple of directors who've directed him that I'm working with to try to work on that, so it's a slow and steady thing. I'm just impatient, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, you know what? It shouldn't take me this long. Sure. He's not Buddha, okay? He's not God. Well, no, you know, but he's pretty adorable. <laughs> anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So here's a thought, Jan yeah. Kramer. Maybe you should come up with a Michael Manson song. Maybe that. And then he would hear the song. Uh, okay, maybe that's a little creeper. Okay, maybe not. I mean, okay, not anyway. Really. I feel like I. <laughs> I feel over like now, she said no. Is a great. It's a great passive-aggressive way to get someone to give you a passive-aggressive. I've done it many yeah. times. Yeah. Just visit her at Bellevue um, next week, folks. It's okay. No, I, you know, so I had to make it into the running joke. So literally, I'm, my feeling is one day, hopefully, if I ever finally get him, I could play this show and be like, see, I wasn't lying to you. I'm actually literally asking people for your cell phone number. It's obviously a running joke because we all know that 90% of people I interview don't, well, 10 or 20% of them have worked with him before. But, you know, so I thought, what the hell. But thanks for letting me down, Jane. We'll just keep doing this show now. Yeah. I did okay, my best. Right on I did my else. best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that okay. working out for you? Sorry. Yeah. So we want to talk about, because we're a sensitive show, even though I am laced with sarcasm from top to bottom, we do want to talk about something very serious because we do care on the show. So it wasn't so long ago, very sad I am to report, you have a family member who wasn't doing so good. So we want to get a little update on your nephew, Hudson, and see how he's been feeling. Oh, thank you for asking. That's so kind. Well, yeah. So, so true. Um, he is doing really well. Thank you. He, we're not mm-hmm. sure. So it's my little three-year-old nephew. We're not sure if he has some kind of pediatric asthma or something, but he just he had a really scary experience a few months ago where he was in severe respiratory distress and was in the hospital and, um, oh, yeah. so he's my, I have one sister, um, who's a little older uh-huh. than I. And so it's her, she has three kids and it's her youngest. So of course we were all really scared, 
But um, he got great care and um, and hasn't needed to go back to the hospital. And now they just kind of stay on top of it with breathing treatments and stuff when he needs them. And um, it's very possible that he'll that this is something he'll grow out of because he's a really healthy nice. kid. And um, cool. so thank you for asking. Yeah, it's always scary when the little ones aren't doing well. Well, I know. Um, I know. Tell yeah. me. Yeah. I know. No, um, now, and I another, felt for my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, well, and anybody who has kids can empathize, obviously. It's, it's yeah. always very difficult. It's much scarier looking at them sick than sometimes they really are. And as a long-time mom, I own the yeah. as well, unfortunately. So let's perk up the conversation a little bit, and let's talk about this fun fact. OMG, her grandfather is the first chair violinist for 51, 51 folks. Did you hear that? 51 years with the Philadelphia <laughs> Orchestra. How in God's name do you manage a gig that awesome? That's all I can oh, say on that. Uh, wow. No, I guess you just got to be that good. Um, my grandfather came over as a, as a little boy from uh, Russia with his family, came, you know, immigrated through Ellis Island. And um, as far as I, so this is my mom's father, my paternal grandfather, Dave right. Madison. And as far as I know, um, his, I think it was his parents that encouraged him to play. They put a violin in his hands when he was like three or four years old, something ridiculous. And he just, um, he played, I guess he had the music gene and he played and studied and, um, and I, as a very young man, I guess, as his first, you know, real professional career, um, made it into the Philadelphia Orchestra and I think worked his way into being associate concert master and first chair violin. So um, he was incredible. I wish he had lived longer. He died when I was 12, um, but I was Aww. close with him until then. Um, okay. But I, um, I'm so inspired by his, you know, he taught, he taught violin out of, of their course. basement. I think he made a very modest living, but, and had to travel all the time, but loved what he did and made incredible friends. And he was friends with Danny Kaye, the actor. And, oh my God. Um, yeah. Just all, all kinds of cool connections through, through having that gig. It's pretty cool. I wish I'd gotten to that see him. Amazing. My mom has some really cool photos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is absolutely awesome. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that, as a matter of fact. Now, yeah. we're going to flip the gear a little bit, because it's important to me. You may not know this, but there's tons of people that listen in that oftentimes are on the brink of deciding they want to do this, they want to do that, meaning sing, songwrite, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I noticed just very recently, January, you had attended the Folk Alliance um, International Conference in Kansas City. Now, I wanted to ask you about... That was about, actually last week. Oh, was it? Was, just last was week. it this month? Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I thought it was January. Oh, well, no, that's I'm, okay. This is what I'm wondering. Now, when you tell us the motivation behind attending something like that, and then for those that are out there, whether they're contemplating doing songwriting, playing, uh, you know, uh, an actual instrument, or if they're just wanting to sing, et cetera, tell us how important it is for you to build your network both in-house and out-of-house. Do you know what I mean by that? Meaning that obviously you, you mesh mm-hmm. with fellow musicians, but how important is that networking component and, and how uh, attendance of some of these events is so crucial sometimes for you to better yourself in terms of your environment professionally? Absolutely. That's a great question. And, um, you. you know, the older, the older I get and the more, I, you know, ensconced I become in this career, the more vital I realize it is. And I think many of us, you know, I, I, I know a lot of artists that are severe introverts and who it's, it's painful to have to, mm-hmm. you know, network and sell yourself. And so that whole business component is, is painful. They just want to make art. And, you know, to many, um, you know, to a big extent, I'm somewhat like that. However, I'm not an introvert. So I find 
the schmoozing and the networking and the getting to know people, it's, you know, I love it. It's just, it's, it's part of who I am. So um, that piece comes a little more naturally, which I feel, I feel glad about. But um, I think, you know, going to those conferences, the Folk Alliance, this was my first year going and I, it was the most amazing experience. I will definitely be going back every year. Um, Oh, cool. I felt like it was, yeah, I feel like, you know, some of these big conferences, I think people go in wanting to project a certain image of themselves and they feel a lot of pressure to sort of uh, do the industry thing and try to sell themselves and um, try to make, you know, find their big break or whatever. And um, I think that it's, it's, you know, that's a sort of an unfortunate wormhole to go down because it's sort of unattainable. And um, what I tried to go into this particular Folk Alliance conference wanting to achieve was just to make connections with people, with other artists, with people who are at my level um, and, you know, just wanting to meet each other, wanting to trade gigs. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that's a huge piece of it. And the the Folk Alliance is so cool because it's very artist centric and the workshops and the speeches and everything is really geared towards being relevant for those of us that are not big superstars, but are, you know, uh, honest musicians making honest music. Um, and of right. course, there was also this really cool theme of the conference, which was Forbidden Folk, which was, you know, very relevant um, in terms of, you know, songs of uprising and social activism and um, very relevant in the, today's political climate and stuff, which was cool. So anyway, I think these things are super important because, you know, sometimes music can be somewhat isolatory, which sounds funny um, because, you know, if you're in a band or you're out on the road, of course you're performing and you're um, you're meeting people. Uh, but for me, honestly, like as a as a mostly solo act, um, I I spend a lot of time by myself. You know, writing and creating, and oh, I, I think it's important. Yeah, and it's important. You know, it's a, it's an important part of the process, of course, for making our art. But I also think it's really important to collaborate and connect, and that widens our circle. So. Um, yeah, to right. answer your question, I think that going to events like that, finding the ones that are right for you are important. I went to this um, Americana Fest, which was the Americana Music Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, um, a few years ago, and had a completely different experience than I did at the Folk Alliance. I felt like everybody was walking around like they were, you know, that like their pants were too tight, and I felt really snubbed by a lot of the people I tried to introduce myself to and I sort of went down this internal wormhole of like what am I doing I'm not you know I'm not important enough you know why am I why do I bother and so that sure. you know wasn't a great experience for me so I think finding I finding those networks I is really important I also go to songwriting workshops taught by my you know songwriting heroes which for me is right. one of the you know soul feeding things I do for for my art and for connection so yeah, there's all kinds like of things that. out there, and I think it's important. Yeah, totally. You betcha. Now, one of the things yeah. that we know that you do, or at least I know that you do, that we're about to find out, which is really cool, which is your instructor at the FAME, and FAME, by the way, folks, is P-H-A-M-E Academy. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me two different things relative to that. Why is teaching such a testament to you, meaning that why is it that you are so fundamentally set on taking young minds and mentoring them? Why is that a big deal for you? And then second of all, tell us the various things that you actually teach, because I'm going to assume that you're available at any given point in time to teach well, pretty much anybody who please. Wow, good questions. So yeah, Thank so the you. Fame Academy 
is um, an incredible organization. So I lived in Portland, Oregon for four years um, in between living in Asheville. So I was in Asheville, right. I moved to Portland, and I moved back to Asheville. So I taught at the same academy while I was there. And um, it is a performing and visual arts academy for adults with developmental disabilities, which is um, just something that's really close to my heart. My degree is actually in social work from college, and so a service humanitarian component, you know, is just vital to, to me and my life if I'm not feeling like I'm, you know, spreading my gifts and lifting people up, then I feel right. like I'm not doing my job here. So anyway, exactly. so that was like my dream job. And I'm sad to not be teaching there anymore since I don't Aww. live there anymore. But um, I taught a songwriting class, um, which was absolutely incredible. And it's funny because I don't, I really don't fancy myself a teacher. I'm a self-taught musician and right. um I, I don't, I don't think of myself really as a teacher, but I do, you know, I know what I know, which is how to sort of channel um, uh, inspiration from the world around us and uh, harness our own emotions into song. And, um, and I love spreading that however I can in, you know, so yeah, so I, I actually do teach um, the children's music program at the Swananoa Gathering over the summers, which is, right. a, a, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a really cool um, sort of conference and you right. know, series of workshops with musicians from all over the world. Uh, and so that's fun. I help the kids write an original song. We have a different group of kids each week. Uh, but it is, it's super important to me. I think, obviously, kids are are what's coming they're what they're going to be the stewards of our of our earth and uh they're our future and uh selfishly i just love being around children i love their spirits i love how Hmm. unabashed they can be and how unaffected you know so many of them are able to be uh so it's a huge it's a huge part of what i do although i do have trouble calling myself a teacher just because i don't yeah (laughs) Well, I don't have a degree in it, which I know you don't have to, um, right. but I also feel like there are some conventions that I find myself lacking in. Like if someone wanted to learn uh, the guitar from me, right. I, I don't know how much I'd be able to show them since it comes sure. from my head. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I get you. But yes, being, no, and I know being, that. A, I, being yeah. a role model, yeah, is, is and a mentor, and um, that that is important to me, and that is something I do, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And well, and that's another thing in common that we both have that you may not know, which is, of course, obviously I teach as well. In fact, I'm just about to do another session. I'm actually teaching out of state. I'm going to be going to Virginia, actually, too, at a new art mm. center. So I'll be teaching broadcasting. I'll be teaching creative writing. I'll be teaching um, cooking. That's you amazing. Well, if you really want to, you can come and make my truffles with the little children if you like. Oh, um, my No, God. but I... I, I I totally get your sentiment in terms of I am life taught, you know, I mean, I spent 20 years writing and I've spent five years broadcasting, you know what I mean? Life gives you the skills. And if you want to pass it on, it's like, Oh my God, that's, that's what the show is all about. How is anybody going to know who Jane Kramer is? If somebody like Olivia doesn't say, Hey, let's get that chick on your show. And here we are now. See this. Dream is real. real. Can happen just like that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Since you brought up, you did bring up your taught yourself, so I have a question related to this. I know that you wrote your first song at the age of 17, and you taught yourself how to read music. Okay, maybe I'm just a dumbass. Well, I am, but this is not a dumbass <laughs> question, I don't think, which is this. Um, here I am sitting in my house, or, well, I'm at a coffee shop right now, so here I am at the coffee shop, and let's say somebody randomly walked <laughs> up to me and handed me a page of lyrics. 
what? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, she what? Okay, so here she is, and she's looking at this. Oh, I'll just teach myself how to read this. You know what I'm saying? I'd like you to talk to your <laughs> listeners a bit about what sort of skills do you find is necessary, meaning if Jane Kramer can sit down and teach herself how to read music, I want to believe that all of our listeners can go out and teach themselves how to play music or how to write music, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how um, the tenacity or the patience or, or what sort of skills do you really need to be able to become a self-taught and true um, talent, you know, for lack of a better term. There, yeah. that's, that's exactly spot on. Yeah. Well, for, you know, I guess it's different for everybody. For me, I think my biggest, my biggest tool, my biggest asset is my ear. And I, I really okay. credit my family and my mom for, um, for recognizing that and nurturing that. My mom, uh, whose father was the violinist we were speaking of, my mom didn't really play any instruments, but she has a beautiful voice and, um, and has just a great ear. She can pick out a harmony just hearing a melody for the first time. Um, she can, you know, she's just, she's got a great ear and kind of nurtured that in me growing up. We would listen to, you know, Bob Dylan and the Everly Brothers, and she'd say, okay, like, do you hear this part? Like sing this part or, you know, like jump above where this person's singing and sing this harmony part. Nope. That wasn't right. Right. Try it again, you know, and just, so, so for me, that was an incredible tool. And I spent just years and years listening. I listened to so much music, especially sort of at that teenage age where, you know, you just sit in your room and listen to tapes or records or whatever it is. (laughs) Not my dating myself, but, um, you know, I I just really studied the the musicians who spoke to me, and we talked a little bit about you know Joni Mitchell and um, right. Bonnie Raitt and Ani DeFranco and um, you know the Indigo Girls and you know Sinead O'Connor, and I really listened to not only you know their words and what they were doing with their songs, but the quality of their voices, like. I do this weird little yodel thing when I sing and it's because I think I listened to a lot of Sinead O'Connor and wanted to teach ah. myself how to do that with how to do that oh my in my voice. Sure. And I just, I mean, my poor parents, like me sitting in my room going, Oh, you know, but I did. And um, so, you know, I really, I think that's a big piece of it because if you, if you have a good ear and you've listened to a lot and your vocabulary for sound is wide, then there's a lot of things you can, you can emulate and access. So um, I did actually, I didn't really teach myself how to read music. I took classical flute lessons for a little while when I was a kid and that was when I learned how to read music. Um, so, but um, I don't, when it comes to my songwriting or playing guitar, I don't read music. I don't even read guitar tablature. My dad was like ah. trying to teach me uh, on our last family vacation. Um, sure. And he's also been a huge resource. My dad is a classical guitar player. And while he, you know, doesn't perform in public or anything, he's been playing for, oh, my gosh, you know, 45, 50 years. He's really good. Um, And uh, so he gave me my first guitar when I was a teenager and showed me a few chords. And um, so I also really credit him for, you know, for putting a guitar in my hands and saying, hey, try this. And then kind of letting me do my thing, even though he's a much better player than I am. He never tried to sort of impose, well, you need to take lessons. You need to, you know, he just kind of let me, let me forge my own creative path with it, which was really cool. So I think, yes, anybody who 
has an, you know, has a love of music, has an ear for music, um, you know, has a, an awakened creative part of themselves can totally write a song. Um, and you only have to know, you know, three chords and the truth, right? So learn exactly. three chords, write, write what's true for you. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a billboard hit, but it can be a beautiful expression of yourself and, you know, a wonderful therapeutic tool. So I'm all about sure. Makes sense. everybody, everybody doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. I love it. Now, um, <laughs> I want you to tell me this, I'm trying to tread lightly here in terms of certain things because I just could go crazy. Just um, ask it. Okay. First thing before I ask about, um, well, no, let's do this. I know that today you're playing at the Black Mountain Women's Correctional Facility. My jaw dropped because I'm like, oh, my God, it's a female Johnny Cash. First of all, you're pretty damn smart because I'd like to know how you got access to play in a correctional facility because I think it's kick-ass. And then second of all, what, um, what prompted or what motivated you to want to bring your talents there? Because obviously not every musician is really game for wanting to play there. She also plays at the airport, folks kick ass my one girlfriend plays in the subway yeah. even more kick ass i'm like gosh this is awesome so, kick ass. so talk a little bit about yeah. your, your choice of location in particular because the airport and prison are like not the top two i'm thinking most people are going to pick <laughs> just saying not the hippest not the hippest venues um yeah so so the prison show i'm, I'm really excited about friends of mine who um are astral musicians who are in a, a sweet band called honey be nice um, mm-hmm. mentioned it in passing one day that they, well, it was like their first ever gig was at the prison because one of the gals works for the state in her day job. And, um, okay. and I just was so, I was so touched by that. I was like, wow, you guys played at the prison. I was like, I mean, that, that's just totally my jam. I love, you know, making myself uncomfortable and, and bringing music and bringing joy to places where there isn't, um, that's what right. I live for. So, sure. um, so I I got in touch with this girl from the band with her contact, and we mm-hmm. you know we we emailed for a while. It does take a lot of logistical setting up, um, and I then I I decided to go a little further with it. And one thing that I've been really excited about doing, um, and I wasn't quite sure where, but I, this it sort of clicked that I wanted to do it at the women's correctional facility. Is I want to go mm-hmm. in and do a songwriting program with the inmates there and meet with nice. them, you know, one on one or two on two, and help them write their stories in song. Um, and, um, you know, even further pipe dreams are to possibly, possibly be able to record it someday and, you know, make an album for them. But at least I want to go in there. So, yeah, this concert will be, I went through their orientation and training so that I can keep coming back and volunteering. I was actually there last night. And, um, nice. And I'm going to be, yeah. So, and then my other friends who are coming to play with me, great musicians, um, Eliza Sidney and Ben Fawn, they just had to get, you know, background checks and we'll have to fill out some paperwork right. and stuff at the door. So, um, so yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's the kind of thing where as musicians we do, we have a responsibility to, to make music that isn't just for our own fulfillment or self-expression, but really for the greater right. good, you know, and whether that's, that's awesome. giving people wonderful therapeutic tools to say, you know, hey, I can, I can express myself this way instead of, you know, maybe making another choice that isn't as good <laughs> or, right. or just simply, you know, bringing some entertainment to people who, who are pretty starved for it. So I'm, I'm psyched oh, about that. that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Or, of course, like when they go to the airport and they're saying goodbye to their little sweethearts, or as you say, honey, and there's Jane playing away so they don't have to cry because she'll be playing music and they don't have to cry when they get on the plane and they're like, oh, my God, I yes. love him. I have to leave. Oh, yes. What up with the airport thing? Yes. What is that? And what so the that? airport thing is so cool. Thank you for asking, Cindy. It's um, sure. So my sweetheart, Jason um, of AskVegas.com, has collaborated because he kind of has his finger on the pulse of, like, what's going on in Asheville and, you know, what's happening <laughs> right. with all the musicians. And so he's collaborated with the Asheville Regional Airport, which is such a cool airport. It's, it's small. It's always a pleasure to fly out of. And they started a program called Music on the Fly. And what they're doing is bringing in local musicians to play in the gate when there's flights taking off um, to entertain the passengers and give them a taste of the awesome Asheville music scene. Um, So so Jason Mm. curates it. And um, he seems to, you know, be a, a fan of Jane Kramer. So he invites me sometimes. <laughs> um, but he also brings cool. in all different kinds of, I think he's going to have like, um, you know, some symphony players next month and some guy that does electronic music. So it's very diverse. Um, but yeah, you just get to play in the airport gate and they make a little concert of it. And the airport is a great host and, um, and people love it. And, um, you might've seen a little on my page, they WLOS, our local news did a segment on it a week or two ago when we played. So that was really cool. That's really awesome. I love that. See, I just think that's so cool. That's why I interviewed my girlfriend, Ileana, who's now my girlfriend, Ilana, or Ileana, I should say, Mm -hmm. and she plays in the subway, and that's her favorite place to play, and I just think it's so awesome when people, you know, like, I want to do a book tour this year, so I'm going to get a Scooby-Doo bus. I'm trying, and I mean that, like a real (laughs) Scooby-Doo bus with the tie-dye and all that, and I'm, like, totally into that whole, let's just drive city to city, let's get an acoustical musician, and let's sell some books, and let's play some music. This is why I Barnes & Noble it. hates me. Thank you so much. That's why they won't let me come there either. I understand. It's fine. I get it. Okay. Their law. Now, Their law. Thank you. Before we actually talk about the music itself, let me just say two things. First of all, I'm not happy. Let me tell you why I'm not happy. Because I've spent almost two days. That thing you sent me, oh, my God, it will not let me download it. It keeps telling me that there's oh, a potential no. virus. Well, that's what scared me because it says it hasn't been virus checked. And I'm like, okay. And I kept trying anyways because I'm like, we don't want to let Jane down. You know why? Because who wants to do a show with no music? Boo hiss. Because now I have to go back when the show is done and put on some of your cool music. Because I wanted to play one song from the Break and Bloom CD. And then, of course, one song from the Carnival Hope CD. So, folks, just so you know, once the show gets done, I will have somebody go back and edit it. We'll get some safe music. And I'm sure you didn't send it to me knowing that. But, I, I mean... The problem we have here is, folks, that I'm, yes, I'm going to do a formal review of her new Carnival of Hope CD, which just came out in 2016, by the way, which we'll talk about shortly. But um, in order to review it, I have to listen to it. In order to listen to it, I have to have a copy of it. See how that works. Well, I'm and just, very you know, sorry folks, yeah. here's surprise number two. Wait for it. It's coming. Are you ready? You're not going to cry, are you? Okay, here comes surprise I number two. What you don't know about me, see, there's a lot you're learning about me. Bam. Yes. I love it. Uh, this year, because, A, I couldn't get to it last year, and I'm so mad. Um, I am putting together what they call Sin's Calendar of Creatives. Now, ask me what that's for. Well, I'll tell you, folks, and those that listen in already know, but I bet Jane Kramer doesn't, so we're going to tell you. Sin's Calendar of Creatives, okay. one of the things that I do. I am very heavy in indie film. By the way, if anyone's listening and you're a producer, filmmaker, a.k.a., you could cast her as a musician who drinks whiskey and calls you honey. Just saying. I'm very heavy yes, in indie please. film. 
I do a lot of book review. I do a lot of film review. I do um, a lot of screening for films, TV, et cetera. So um, in my calendar of creatives, I decided what's the best way to support indie people like yourself? Put them in a calendar. You know why? Because I bet you don't know what the movie The Networker is, or I bet you don't know what the book Georgia Durante is all about or George Christie. So I decided to take all these great people, put them into a calendar, release the calendar, sell a crap of them, and then I'll just travel around next year. And go and we'll orchestrate events. Like if it's a musician, I'll have the musician come and we'll do just what I said. Or if it's a celebrity from TV, we'll, you know, whatever. So I was sitting around and thinking to myself, you know what? I don't have a musician in here. Maybe we should review Jane Kramer and put her in the calendar. Because I'm late and it's not done. Wow. <laughs> We're giving the show away today. Giving it away today, folks. Giving oh it away. God. And I have to make up for the fact that I can't play your music because... I had a potential oh, virus attack. Thanks. No, for that's that. okay. I'm sorry. But, I would never send you a virus. Well, um, right. Considering the fact that I can't review calendar. something I don't listen to, but I have to like listen to it first, and then I have to like write the review, yeah. and then you have to like take a picture with me, preferably with a tattoo. And Michael Madsen, did I just say that again? Oh no, I didn't. Oh wait, that's right. Jane doesn't have his number. Miss Hopeful. Thanks. Okay, I'm so that was so surprise sorry. number two, but moving right along before That's we talk about the music. I know, right? Look at this, the fun that we I'm have really on the show. And I can just give it away. Give it away here. This is okay, the there's best. one more surprise at the end, but we're waiting for the next 10 oh minutes for that. Oh, my God. So I want you to okay. talk about two important things, folks, that you may not know. First of all, um, she's a founding member of the quartet called the Barrel House Mamas. So I just want to mm-hmm. know, are you still involved with them? Do you still play with them? Can we find them somewhere? Um, I'm not still involved with them, and sadly, Darn. it didn't end well. Um, it oh, didn't I'm end so well, oh, and I'm sorry. um, yeah, oh, well, you know, it's life, and I wouldn't be where I was without it, right? Without that happening, um, okay, it was, I get you, yeah. So, so those girls went on to do their own thing and uh, dumped me <laughs> pretty hard. Um, and, and I'm better for it, but unfortunately the, the friendships were, were sort of ruined okay. by that. I, uh, I gotcha. So, but, yeah. Okay. But well, so much for that. Was, no, that's fine. But it was a really wonderful part of my life. We all met at Warren Wilson college. It was me and two other girls. And then, um, another girl who I am still close with, Anna, um, joined a few years later and, um, and it was really special. We were all young, budding musicians and songwriters. We all wrote our own songs. We did really killer three-part and then four-part sure. harmony. Um, and, you know, we're just kind of on the, on the uprise. You know, we had, we had a lot of touring going on and a, a lot of neat things in the air when, when we broke up. So, um, yeah. I gotcha. Was, you know, it's I a understand. little bit of a scar, but it's also a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thanks for asking. Of course. Now, we want to talk about the history um, of your handmade guitar, right? Yes. You have a handmade guitar, and apparently there is a real <sighs> story to that one. So let's hear it, Missy. I wish you could see it right now. It's so pretty. Um, yeah, so through a mutual friend, I performed a house concert um, back in Asheville a few years ago. Maybe it was like two years, almost two years ago when I, when I moved okay. back here. And my, my, the mutual friend of ours, my friend Gracia, said, you've got to meet my friend Elle Henderson. She, or, or she goes by Jane Henderson, but I call her Elle because her name's also Jane, and that's too, it's too confusing for me. <laughs> so um, 
so her friend, she told me a little bit about her. So Elle or Jane Henderson is the daughter of Wayne Henderson, who is um, just an internationally renowned luthier guitar maker and um, also an incredible guitarist, just a beautiful bluegrass picker and, um, you know, has played in the White House and has his own festival every year and is amazing. So, and he builds these gorgeous, one-of-a-kind instruments that are just, sought after i mean i think he has like a 10-year waiting list for people oh wanting my God. To build. i know it's crazy wow. and and so right? his daughter who is amazing um and actually has her law degree but was called to build guitars uh and really has has the talent whatever whatever that gene is she definitely got it from her dad and so she builds with him and builds her has her own mm-hmm. line of instruments she calls them ej henderson guitars and ukuleles so I met her at this house concert party I was playing, and we were fast friends. I was nervous as heck to perform in front of her. I bet. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she comes from this circle of, you know, highly sought-after musicians. And I don't really fancy myself much of a guitarist. I play pretty simply to accompany right. myself. But um, but the connection was made, and she was just genuinely um, invested in my music. She just really was touched by by it, and we became really good friends. And, uh, you know, finally, after, after a few times of hanging out, she had the courage to say, Jane, I don't like the guitar you play. And I was like, what? She was like, it's too big for you. And it's true. I play, I've been playing for years this um, Martin guitar that was a gift from my dad and it's a beautiful guitar and I love a lot of things about it, but it is, it's a big jumbo body and it's big for me. I'm not that big of a woman. And um, so Elle was like, you know, I'd love to make you a guitar. And I was like, Oh my God. Lottery, you know? And uh, she was like, no, no, I, I, she was like, I'd love to make you a guitar and, and have it really be made just for you. She was like, your music deserves a, a guitar that was made just for you. And I was like, sure. okay, that, you know, I don't even know what to say. So um, anyway, we, we worked out a great deal and, um, and she began building me this incredible instrument. And I, I got to play her father's festival this past summer up in um, mouth of Wilson, Virginia, which is a beautiful tiny little town in Southern Virginia. And it was just absolutely incredible to be able to be there. And she took me into the shop where she was working with her dad and showed me this flat little piece of wood that looked like a cutout of a, of a guitar and said, this is, this is going to be your guitar. And um, so it was just so, you know, it took a few months, I guess that was back in, uh, June and I just got the guitar this year for at my birthday, which was in January, and um, hadn't seen it, hadn't laid eyes on it until then, really. And it was just, I mean, it was like you know, it was like playing, it was like coming home to play an instrument that was made just for me by someone who loves me and gets me and understands my music and sort of channels all of that energy into that instrument was unlike anything I've ever experienced, and I'll probably spend wow. my life feeling. Feeling unworthy of it. Wow. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So incredible. It's so amazing. And she has, you know, a several year waiting list also um, of people who are waiting to pay lots of money for her instruments um, because they really are just that amazing and that special. And, um, you know, she was able to tell me the story of the wood where, you know, the woods where, where she got them. And um, so, and it's just so beautiful. You know, it just, I feel like it looks like me. It has this beautiful special inlay on the neck 
that's like vines and leaves and looks like my tattoos. It's perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't yeah, been invited so. to see them yet. Just saying, throwing that out there. Well, I've been trying to figure out where the hell Asheville is. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm like, oh, okay, so this is no. where? <laughs> so it's all the way yeah. in the western corner of North Carolina. So it's almost on Which the border. Which is in relation to, oh, so if I went to, let's say, Nashville. It's about close? four hours from Nashville. Damn. Maybe close-ish. It's oh. really close to, like, Johnson City, tennis, quite as fun as Nashville. Listen to her talking to me um, like I totally know where that is. Like, oh, yeah, you know where Johnson <laughs> No. I'm, yeah, okay. Like, New York, LA, <laughs> Vegas, yeah, you know, no, Chicago. See the, totally. see the troll here? See that? It's Big city, I don't you're know a big if you're city gal. I get it. No, but I'm here to tell I you, soon it. enough, I'll need a place of serenity. And ironically, I live on the river. I literally live on the river. So I have such tranquility in the That's front of the backyard. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm giving it up in seven years to have noisy, loud subways, nonsense, obnoxiousness, and, and insomnia cookies. And I couldn't wait. But, but <laughs> I've had tranquility for a long time. So, no, I appreciate that more than you know, actually. Um, Okay, so we want to get to the music component, which is the last one, because then I have to read off my spiel, and I will, yeah. um, just so you warn you that we have the last part of the business here at the end. But um, I want to talk a couple uh, – Break and Bloom, of course, was your first creation, and Carnival of Hopes, which is in 2016, is your second one, which is the one I'm reviewing. Yes. Um, now, what we want to talk about in terms of is I want you to explain to the folks the differences you see as a person, and then, of course, if you get any feedback from your fans as to what's the difference in terms of – uh, not necessarily so much the quality of it, but how you as a musician has changed and how your message might have changed between Break and Bloom and Now. Just so people can understand oh, or differentiate yeah. between the two if they go out and purchase it or they, they hear it or et cetera. Absolutely. Well, one really neat thing I think that, about the two records is that they actually are really different. You know, I think my songwriting right. certainly has grown a bit. Um, between Break and Bloom and Carnival of Hopes. Uh, also, just sort of geographically, when I recorded Break and Bloom, um, I was out in Portland and didn't have, you know, a huge network of musician friends. I was kind of starting my life all over there after having sure. been in Asheville for so long. And so the peop- uh, the record really reflects the the musical connections that I had around me at the time. So there's a lot of really beautiful piano on that album. Um and there's some horns because I befriended a flugelhorn nice. player. Um, okay. Yeah, there's some organ on there. So, you know, it's certainly, I think that, like I said, Asheville is my dirt and, and at my core, you know, sort of that Appalachian tradition of music and storytelling is, I think, comes through in all my work. Uh, and there is a little banjo and stuff on Break and Bloom. But I think that album oh, has neat. a little bit more, um, yeah, a, just has a, a little bit more of a, I don't, I don't want to say contemporary or urban feel to it. Um, but, um, you know, that's sort of what that piece is. And then Carnival of Hopes, I was back in Asheville and so was able to connect with my wonderful Southern musician network and have, you know, banjo and dobro. My friend Mike Evers played banjo and dobro on the record. I play with him a lot. And um, my friend Pace played played beautiful, you know, guitar. And, um, yeah, so I think, you know, that's that's one element of, of how those two records are different. And then I think also just my songwriting grew. I think Break and Bloom came from sort of a younger part of my life where I didn't necessarily have all the tools to um, to productively work through some of my hmm. some of my emotional goings on, and I think that's reflected sure. really nicely in song. But I think the songs on Carnival of Hopes 
you know, show a little more, show a little more growth, show a little more womanhood. And uh, I'm hoping to continue in that, in that vein for the next record. Yeah. You betcha. Which we hope to hear if she ever sends it to me and I get to listen to it Uh because I can't. I'll send it right now. Do you do Uh drop? Well, you can't really send it right now because we're on the air, but like shortly when we're finished, you can. Um, The one thing I wanted to spotlight or highlight in, which another fun fact about Cindy that you probably don't know, because she probably doesn't know nothing about me and she came on the show and now she's like learning all this stuff. Um, One of the things that I've participated in, one of the many things that I do, I'm I'm a huge advocate for certain causes, certain things, et cetera. In fact, I just, and I don't think my fans or or people that listen to me know this, but I just signed on with a New York City um, person to participate in a book that's coming out. um, And and it's literally a book of suicide survivors. All of us have tried Mm. once, in my case, twice. And um, mm. we're survivors, and so she's getting different, dial, you know, all different areas, different people, all that good stuff. So I'd like you to talk a bit, if it's not uncomfortable for you, uh, the song you put together called Morning Dove, because as I understand it, it directly relates to that subject matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely, and thank you for sharing your story with me. I really, sure. I honor you. That's, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that tune is is absolutely, it's about, one of my very best friends in the whole world, um, his name was Maddie, and just, you know, pretty much like a brother, we, um, you know, we, we just connected in many ways, and he was a beautiful soul and struggled tremendously with um, with depression, and and sure. um, so he, yeah, so he committed suicide um, when I was, I guess, around, when I was 30, so almost about seven years ago, Um and it was also during a, a really difficult time for me because um, I was divorcing from my first husband, and that was very painful. And uh, it was when the band that I was in broke up, and I lost my job. So there was a lot going on. Um, and and even you know, um, aside from that, just the loss of this beautiful person was really deep. Right. Um, even though there were parts of me that that understood, um, you know how how hard it was for him to, to be among the living. And um, so I actually had written a song about him called Morning Dove that I performed with the Barrel House Mamas for years when he was alive. And it was just sort mm-hmm. of about, you know, the connection we shared and, and what a beautiful person he was. But um, after he passed away, um, it didn't, it didn't feel right to play, to play that. And so I actually had recorded Break and Bloom and the album was pretty much finished and I um, was moved to rewrite the Morning Dove song for Maddie and, uh, and then went into the studio and included it last minute and just did one live take um, with a banjo player and, uh, and wanted to include it on the record to honor him. So yeah, that song is, is very much about him and, and speaks about suicide. And um, I think it's, you know, it's important to talk about some of the, some of the harder things in life so that we feel less alone. Exactly. I agree with you. Now, before I wrap up and I give them all the different information and such. So I have another question for you. Um, You would not know this about me. (laughs) It's all Mm -hmm. these tie-ins that you and I have. I wonder if we're related in some strange, weird, uh, awkward sort of way. I am, um, as you know, I'm heavily involved in indie, and I know that you are very intrigued with this whole indie film thing. So I was thinking to myself, well, what can we do about this? Well, there's two things I'm going to offer you, and yes, this is the final surprise. Um, I am, I don't know if this first one's possible, but I'll throw it out there. I am the founder of an independent film festival that's happening this year. 
Um, uh-huh. We're giving you an open invitation to come and perform. First of all, because all the rest of them have graciously said, heck yeah, we'll perform, but a lot of them are New York City. And, and meaning in particular, I have musicians that are playing every night of my festival. The last night, which is the award ceremony, um, it's literally going to be an open jam for like 90 minutes where anyone can oh play gosh. or play together, etc. Now, I don't know if you can go or not because it's a New York City thing, and I don't know how difficult that would be for you to get there because I'm broke as a joke. And you know why? Because I write for a living. <laughs> Okay, and I do radio, and I gotta beg people to listen. So I wish Same I could here, tell everyone sister. involved, get in a bus, and I'll pay for your hotel, and I'll do this. Hell no, I'll give you a lot of food, alcohol, <laughs> and a lot of exposure. Okay, some people are willing to go that route. Good enough. That's one for side me. of the fence. On the other side of the fence, I would be honored if you would allow me, or at least consider. When the time comes, if I can clear my slate off and hopefully not pass it off to a director, I wrote a documentary some time ago um, because I am a almost 30 year now, yeah, almost 30 years diagnosed bipolar patient. I think that mental mm. health, mental illness is a huge thing that gets overlooked. And in particular, bipolar disorder, I, I feel as though we do not have much of a voice or a face. So I have chosen for to accent, including my own life, in this documentary. Absolutely. But what I'm missing is I don't have enough music. I have great music, but I don't have enough. So if you want to toy around with the idea and when the time comes, I'd be more than happy to include it within the film. Oh, I would my be goodness. very, very privileged wow. if you would allow me to do that. But I you don't have to decide honored. on that now because, like, well, I have to find a director I... in time. <laughs> That's a problem well, for I me. Just... <laughs> well, I just said yes. Um, that's amazing. <gasps> I'm so inspired by oh you, Cindy. You wear so many oh, hats, and I think that's she so important. Yes. And of course, yeah, if only you're a male. Now, if you were just a guy, like you'd be the perfect date. <laughs> you just say yes to everything. I don't even have to try that hard. Oh my gosh! Listen to this. Oh. Okay, so a couple of business things we have to do. Just so you folks know, you're not invited, and neither was I apparently. But she is playing at the Black Mountain Women's Correctional Facility today, which is why she did her interview <laughs> early. To remind everybody, Nashville, Thank North you. Carolina, both the 25th and the 27th. On the 25th, she's playing in Habitat Brewing on 174 Broadway, and that starts at 8 o'clock. And then on the 27th, she's also playing at Imperial Life at 48 College Street. That's from 2 to 5. Now, I'm going to list off these ways to find you. Don't want to forget, your website is janecramer.net. She can also be found yes. on iTunes, YouTube, CD Baby. Spotify. She also has a Facebook page, which is personal. Jane is Kramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, and also is Jane Kramer Songstress. Now, have I missed any place to find you? That is amazing. I think you I I didn't miss anything. Nailed it. Um, Really? Seriously? You could say Instagram. Well, I I guess. Oh, yeah. It's just Jane Kramer. I can't believe I forgot Instagram. Because you're it's following really... me on Instagram. Okay, way to go, dumbass. Yeah. I forgot it. See, I'm not the perfect journalist. I forgot something. You okay. nailed it. Now no, the, you are. <laughs> the very last part of my show is I get to tell you what I think of you. Now, Uh-oh. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people laugh. I've had people not be able to talk. I've had people cry. I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, I'm going to guess this could get a little weeped up. So, here we go. But before I okay. forget, two quick things to remind you. To your fans, to your listeners, etc. give me about two hours or so, and this episode will be archived. So, you can go back. You can post the link up. I will have to find somebody who's more mechanical than me because I'm so bad at computer stuff to put your music on once you send it to me. So, then we'll throw some music on there so that this way people can listen. 
for two hours. It'll be archived. Anybody can listen all year round as far as that goes. So folks that are listening in, Art is Alive Film Festival is happening from June 23rd to the 25th. So if I can keep pulling at her to drag her to come and open jam with us, that would be lovely. Um, obviously, the documentary, that. when it happens, it happens, clearly. I'll let you know about the Tom Waits thing, but if you know anything about this industry, ask Olivia. The higher up on the chain you go, the harder it becomes. So don't get shocked if it takes a month before they either turn me down or say, yes, Cindy, so then we can orchestrate for that. And I do not want to forget. I do, do not. Wait. Don't want to forget to mention Miss Olivia Howell. This is what I have to say to you, my fine friend. We met on this absolutely lovely, very resourceful Zutter page for public relations individuals. So, Olivia, I have to say this much. Your client is a hoot. She's very cute. She's very sweet. And most importantly, she is my kind of gal. She's got my mojo, which I love more than life itself. So, to you folks that are listening in, Olivia Howell, HowellSocialMedia.com, for any and all of your needs. Very innovative social media concept she comes up with. She's a lovely woman. Inside, outside, she's got beautiful children. She's got a beautiful soul. Olivia, I can't thank you enough. I hope I've done justice to your clients. I hope that you'll call me back and say, yes, you're going to interview every client I have. Or that you know Michael Madsen because <laughs> I didn't get to ask her that either. So, folks, yes, Olivia Howell is her name. HowellSocialMedia.com, definitely get in touch with her. Okay, so the very last thing before I let you go to the prison, didn't that just sound cool before I let her go to the prison? Yeah. Because that's exactly where we're going yeah. to the penitentiary. Just don't get caught I there know. and whatever and all that I good stuff. Oh, yeah, last question before I forget and tell you. Are we all invited to your wedding? Is that happening this year? You didn't give us a date. <laughs> Ouch. I still hurt. It's happening on, wow. on October 14th. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. Are you excited? Are you going to be I'm there? I'm so excited. Just kidding. Of I'm course you're excited. Totally. You're the bride. Duh. <laughs> okay. On to telling you what I think of you. Uh, all right, folks. And the reason why, and just so that you know that I give these impressions, is so that I get a sense of who you are in terms of personally and professionally. And just so that you know, the only part of the show that is not scripted is about what I'm going to say right now. This is the only thing that I don't do that. And then this way you know it comes from the heart. So these are my impressions of Miss Jane Kramer. The first time that Olivia came to me and the, the first time I looked at her, I had already knew that sometimes in life you have a kindred spirit connection with another person I couldn't be ever more true than with this person not only professionally does she do things that I admire and respect and that I also can acknowledge as being part of my own repertoire more importantly she carries her scars and she doesn't shield herself from feeling them learning from them learning mm -hmm. by them and incorporating them into song she is a woman of wise means for being in her 30s and why because just by looking at her she walks into a room and she radiates confidence cuteness and creativity. That is a three-way package mm -hmm. that I admire in most of the women that I surround myself with. What I think is really cool about her performances that I've seen on YouTube or in the very limited amount of music that I've been able to listen to is that she is poignant and passionate and she's fun and she doesn't mind getting dirty. She wants to be in it. As she said, Asheville's my dirt. She wants to be in it, around it, and the people surrounding it. And she wants her message to be sent here and there and everywhere. I love the fact that you stay true to yourself all the time. I love the fact that you're human. Why? Because this is why I have 58,000 listeners. Because I am real and true to myself. I am as flawed as you can get, and I am fabulous for it. It's the same thing that I can say for you. I hope and I pray mm -hmm. that I have done a very good job for you. And if nothing else, that people will walk away wanting to know you. And God willing, hopefully, you'll want to be part of my crazy little chaotic world, creatively and otherwise. I think you're just an absolute angel, and you should be commended for the work mm -hmm. you do. And I hope you find great success with whatever you do. And most of all, congratulations on having such a full heart in business and in mm -hmm. life. Are you okay? Oh, God. oh my God! Yes, no, I'm, I'm telling go her. Cry my way to the prison now. Oh, oh no! Don't you 
sad. I'm so I'm so grateful to Olivia um, for bringing us together, and this was such I a know, beautiful, right? such a holistic interview. I feel like um, I'm just I feel very blessed to have been able to speak Thank with you, so and much. I'm just honored. And what you just said is just a, a precious gift. I I can't I believe it. Through. Thank you so much. I can't help myself. You have a You're wonderful amazing. gig tonight, my dear, and I'll send you the link. Thank and I'll get in touch you. with you later because we we have to work out the review well, yeah, information and such, and you know that's we have a lot yeah. to talk about. We do, but we right now go rock it out and, and go swing your little self with your little tattooed mama self that I'm jealous of, and see if you can find <laughs> Michael Madsen because he kind of looks like the type that might I don't know stop I'm and honored. say hi to my life chick. mission now. Love Maybe you. we can do a, okay. a a conference call with him and Tommy. <gasps> yeah, oh that'd be absolutely <laughs> awesome. Fabulous. Now get the hell yes. off my show and go to work. Thank you, dear. Okay. Have a good you. day. Bye. Take care. Now I think she's probably going to cry all the way to the prison. Way to go, Cindy. Duh. Okay, one more time. Wasn't she just fabulous, right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Her name is Jane Kramer. Website is janekramer.net. She can be found on iTunes, YouTube, CD Baby. Spotify, and Instagram, as she mentioned. And just one more time, the Facebook personal page is Jane Kramer, and it's spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And, of course, Jane Kramer Songstress as well. want to give a big thanks one more time again, one more time to Olivia Howell. I, I would not have this person here or in my life or present without your uh, without your finagling and your finessing and your being patient. So, Olivia Howell, to you, my hat's off. Thank you so much for all the work you do and the contributions you give to your clients. It is not unnoticed. She and I are both now a newfound, well, at least me, new fun fan of yours. So I hope we did well today. Uh, folks, one more time, I want to remind everybody that I'll be back on the air on Monday, and that will be between 12 and 1 o'clock. Joel Goldie's is my show uh, member that's coming on from 12 to 1 o'clock Central Standard Time, Dialect Coach to the Stars. So please do tune in and listen in. Thanks to all my fans and followers. Uh, big weekend. Cross your fingers for us that so we go visit Clarkster Comics and things go well for Kerwin. You all take care. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. <laughs>